0: You're listening to episode 20 of the Copyright and Intellectual Property Podcast. I'm Jason Tucker, and I've settled over a billion dollars in copyright claims for the world's largest studios. Over the last 15 years as the expert pirate hunter, IP problem solver and enforcer, I have helped shape copyright law, the processes and the landscape that exists today. So how do you keep your IP organized, protect it from pirates, and make even more money off of your content? With real life insight and stories from the trenches, This is the Copyright and Intellectual Property Podcast. On this episode of the Copyright and Intellectual Property Podcast, we're going to discuss how to organize your creative work. And though your material, your courses and videos and blog posts and music and podcasts and art and all of that other great work may be in different locations, you're going to learn how to keep track of all of it in one location. It's a new year. Happy New Year and it's, it's a good time to take inventory. If you're listening to this episode at any time of the year, you can take inventory of your work. When you think about organizing your library of work, you may think that sounds like a ton of work. Now, I understand that many of you may not like systems, and if you're like me, you may enjoy procrastinating. This process is simple enough that it may already fit with notes you have, it's just in one place. Some of you may be thinking, Jason, you don't understand. I've been writing blog posts every week for three years. I've been putting out weekly podcasts for four years. I'm a photographer. I've been shooting photos for 20 years. I have thousands of pictures. Okay, I get it. That doesn't mean it has to be difficult to organize the work. It just means you have to spend a little time with the work. In the last decade, it's funny to say that now, I co-owned what at the time was one of the world's largest libraries of niched images. I was told by advisors that we needed to organize the documentation to survive any 2257 investigation, insurance review, or an investor review for a sale. Either way, we needed to get a handle on everything we owned. At the time, we had over 3 million images and over 400 videos, and we had just acquired another library of about 250,000 works that we hadn't even gone through. (laughs) The assets were on paper. They were shoved in file cabinets or in folders, And the copyrighted works were on DVDs, compact discs, on hard drives in Chrome format, or on tape. Why do I share this? I know firsthand what a hot mess looks like, and I know what overwhelmed feels like. My path hasn't been easy, and I still have major bumps in my road, but I know that with a point A, we or you can put a system into play that will work for anyone or anything. Now, what I don't have is a complete one-size-fits-all for you, but I can arm you with a basic plan that you can modify for your workflow. In my situation at that time, that's exactly what I did. So for us, we built a custom software with inventory tracking. This software served as a central point for all information on a piece of work and a tracking system on where that work was, be it with us or out on a job. To me, though, the most valuable document that software spit out was a spreadsheet. And this spreadsheet still serves as the base document we use today. So I'm going to shift gears for a second and share that even if you already have a system working, it's a good idea to review the procedures once a year. Things change. This past year, the U.S. Copyright Office introduced significant changes in the way a person or company can file a group registration of certain works. The Copyright Office completely got rid of group registrations for published video, which I still have an issue with. Uh, for me, these issues required me and my team to review the procedures our clients use to file copyright registrations. We had to teach new methods and overhaul certain procedures that existed. Now, we did it. It took a little time, but we got it handled. Back to the now. What didn't change with clients' processes or our own was the method for how we keep track of work. The basics of this process is what I'm going to share with you. So this is really what I would call the secret sauce for tracking work. So for all of the sophisticated software that exists or could be written, I live off of spreadsheets. I will share that in 2020, I intend on releasing a tracking software for people to use. In the meantime, A good old spreadsheet will get it done just as effectively. Control F to find something can work faster sometimes than software search functions. If you're scared of spreadsheets, now's a great time to overcome that fear. All we're gonna do, it's not complicated, all we're gonna do is make and sort columns of information text. That's it. It's simple, it's not scary. You're gonna want titles for your columns. You can make as many columns as you need to to serve your requirements. And I'm gonna give you some some examples of what we implement. In addition to our basic columns, if you're a photographer or musician or podcaster or videographer, you may wanna add additional columns for certain information. If you're a blogger or a course creator, you may want certain columns. If you're a news outlet or a company that has lots of different types of content, you may need certain columns. Understanding that, realize that you can add in whatever columns you need to to make this work for you. At the core, though, all of the same basic information should be put on your spreadsheet. The basic information for an inventory spreadsheet, in my opinion, should be the type of content, and all of this, by the way, is in the show notes if you want to check it out. The basic information for an inventory spreadsheet should be a type of content, registration number, case number, data production, is it published or unpublished, if it's published, the date of the release, add a link to a sample of the work. And depending on what it is, you may want a couple of more columns, ideally subject and note. So here's an example of what the end result could look like or should look like once you've populated a work. So the type of content in this example will say photographs, name of the content, protest of Uncle Joe being at the adult table, December 25th, 2019. The amount 750, meaning the amount of images, registration or case number, 1-12345678, date of production, December 25, 2019. It's published. The location of first publication is a blog. If it's published, the date of release, so again, December twenty 2019. We're going to add a link to the sample of the work, and we're adding a niche column which could also be called the subject column. You call it whatever you want. And in there, we're going to put family, dysfunction, and Christmas. I think you get the idea from that. So no matter your need at any time, this basic information will allow you to handle whatever you need to. And that could be an investor review if you're licensing content to keep track of it. No matter what it is, it's a way to keep track of what you have to offer and what you have in your portfolio. As far as I'm concerned, it's just a great tool to have, use, and review. As an example of what you can do with this, if you wanted to put out a new website that features certain stories, you could simply do a sort as a blogger and boom, you have the content to backfill it with or or populate on a drip. It's just a true one size fits all base point A. You create a master spreadsheet of your intellectual property and all of your creative work is now accounted for in a series of lines and columns. What seems to happen when people use this process is that they quickly get a handle on where their content is, what they have, and they invariably get organized. Now, if you don't continue using this spreadsheet by populating it with new information on new work, then you'll end up in overwhelm land again with part of your library organized. It it, it takes less than five minutes to put new information into a sheet. Once you have this in place, here are some suggestions on what you may want to add as additional columns. I'm twisting my own tongue today. So rights owned is one of them, meaning exclusive rights or non-exclusive rights. I talked about that in episode 16, License Agreements. Model names or musician names, guest name if you had a guest on a podcast. And this master spreadsheet is used as your point A for a document for keeping track of information when you want to go hunt pirates for infringements on infringing sites. So if you're searching for infringements, uh, all you have to do is save another copy of this master spreadsheet. So you just hit, you know, the file, save as, and call it Master Spreadsheet Infringements, January 2020, open it up, and I would plunk in a few new columns specific for what you're gonna need to keep track of infringements. So in that case, I would add, and again, all of this is in the show notes, infringing URL, infringing link, documented evidence title, location of documented evidence title, infringing site host, DMCA email one date, DMCA email two date, and then a notes column if you don't have one already. Then as you're surfing and finding infringements, you simply drop them into this spreadsheet where they belong and you save it. And as you find them, you just copy and paste the information. The link where the infringement is found goes in the infringing URL column or line If you make a video or PDF of the infringement, record the name of the file you create in the documented evidence title column. Folder location for location of documented evidence title. If and when you send a takedown notice, you simply put the date in that column and add any substantial notes you need as reminders in the notes column. Uh, I think at this point you get the idea. These sheets, again, can expand or contract for you. And if you should ever need to port this information over to an agent, manager, or into a software system, any person can look at this list and know exactly what and where everything is. I can take a client's spreadsheet and hand it to anyone on our team, and without any instruction or very little instruction, they can hunt for pirates or identify new business opportunities or know exactly what's in the library. It may seem like a task at first, but once you get in a rhythm, you can get this done really quick. It'll serve you to assess your world. There's a whole other level that you get out of this besides organization. You may come up with new ideas or give life to a forgotten topic. You re-engage with emotions that come up from looking over your work in a fashion that's not the norm. It really at times for me it allows me to reconnect with a why. It can also be a relaxing and wonderful emotional experience. And you get a handle on how much work you have, where it is, and what may need to still be registered. Whatever it is for you, please, as you set your goals for the year, enjoy the first three weeks at the gym, lay or lay off the cookies, <laughs> whatever it is for you, I ask that you put some real time into the business of organizing the assets of your business. I hope that this helps you better handle your content and, and max the potential of your hard work. You deserve it. Check all this out in the show notes. There's a ton of great links to episodes, posts, and tools that will help you along in this process. I'm more than happy to answer questions inside our free Facebook group at Intellectual Property HQ Community. You can follow me on Twitter at IntelPropHQ, I-N-T-E-L-P-R-O-P-H-Q. If the podcast or the blog post is informative Or helpful to you in your endeavors, please subscribe and please share it with your friends. The more we can reach, the more we can support others in their efforts. And also, if you get a chance, leave us a five-star review on iTunes. I really appreciate that. And as always, happy hunting. Jason Tucker is not an attorney. All of the information shared on this free podcast is his opinion and not legal advice. Be sure to subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. See you next time.